but there's lots of great operators out there that are yes. trying to bring it all together uh, and be able to understand the dealer, the consumer is the most important piece of the puzzle. It's not about us and it's not about the dealership, but at the end of the day, it's about the consumer because if you don't take care of the consumers, the consumer is definitely not gonna take care of you. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Aaron Bickhart with me. Aaron, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Jason, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. I don't know about famous, but you know, a lot of people call me infamous. Well, there we go. We'll but, go uh, infamous then. Okay, fair yeah, enough. We'll go infamous, infamous is the best, probably the best way to do it. You know. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I'm excited, man, to jam with you today. We got some pretty darn cool topics, you know, that we're going to go over. Hey, but before we go into those topics, I love kicking off these podcasts. With a little origin story, A, because I'm always fascinated how people wind up in this island of misfit toys that I call the automotive industry. So, Aaron, how did you fall into the automotive industry? Yeah, well, it goes back a long history uh, with my uh, family. Uh, my father uh, worked for uh, Ford Motor Company. Um, and um, and uh, so I would just say he probably introduced me to the business. Mm -hmm. you know, every few every few weeks, uh, you know, back then they gave everybody, a, uh, I guess, a company car. And I got infatuated with the auto industry. But reality is um, I uh, went to school, college, and um, didn't do too well. Uh, <laughs> so when I got out of college, I had to uh, start making some money, and I got in the car business. And that was in 1990. Uh, so I started selling cars, and uh, and here we are. Fast forward to 2022, um, you know, working with uh, OfferLogics and uh, running uh, OfferLogics and monetizing that. That's awesome, man. You have mm -hmm. been in the business. You've seen some some serious uh, ups and some serious downs. Um, you've seen a couple of recessions, actually, I think, with the amount of time you've been. I've been, seen one. Uh, yeah. Can you, would you have ever imagined we'd be in a position like we are right now within the industry? I mean, I, I never thought, I mean, it just the, I, I'm having conversations I would have never thought I would have had you know, around inventory shortages and, you yeah. know, um, not enough staffing. I just got off a phone call this morning with a gentleman has got more cars to deliver than he does people to actually deliver the bloody things. For sure. Uh, for sure. No, it's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, dealers, you know, the short, the chip shortage is definitely hurting us. The magnesium shortage, uh, everything happening, but you know, I don't know if dealers ever want to go back to wh where it was, where they have a ton of cars on the lot playing floor plan, uh, and not making as much gross profit on uh, new as well as used cars. Uh, but I think there's going to be a happy medium somewhere mm -hmm. in there over the next uh, eight to ten months. The reality is, you know, dealers are making a massive amount of profit uh, in, the, in the front end of the of the business. Yes, uh, and they have, like you just said, ordered vehicles uh, sitting there. And like I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and he goes, "Hey, Aaron." I mean, we're, we're backed up until yeah. November. So, you know, reality, but the re, you know, re, you know, we're backed up until November for, uh, you know, to Toyota's and we can deliver every unit that we bring in. So we're not really worried, but I said, well, let me ask you a question. And he goes, how do you hire new staff members? You're right. You know, like you just brought up, I mean, reality is, you know, they're new, they don't have a book of business. I mean, customers come in and, you know, and how do they make commission? You know, you can't say, oh, I'm going to order you a vehicle today and then pay them, you know, five, six months from now when the vehicle comes in exactly. or never comes in. Uh, so um, so the reality is there, too, as well. 
it is just a crazy time to be in the industry. But you know, I find, you know, I'm thinking like back to like the recession in 08, you know, oh, yeah. um, like- Cash for clunkers. Yeah, cash for clunkers, right? There are things yeah. that come out of these very interesting times that seems to kind of like, just kind of like propel or push forward the industry in mm -hmm. some way or fashion, right? You know, like I'm thinking like, you know, during during the lockdowns and during COVID, right? It was, you know, digital retailing. And and, and is that the end all be all uh for our, for the industry? No, I don't believe yeah. it is, yeah. right? But it was but it was crazy and very cool to see how fast our, our industry was able to change, which is typically not an industry that changes very quickly, right? No, no, very <laughs> slow. But, I but, say but it's all for that five customer years, experience. I always say we're five years behind the airlines. Yes. Uh, you know, if you think about United, US, uh, I was going to say US Air, but American Airlines, uh, you know, uh, Delta, whatever, whatever they're doing now, um, it, the auto industry is catching up to. Yes. And uh, I would say we're always about three to five years behind the airlines. You know, I've, I love the fact that you actually kind of bring up the airlines because, you know, if I think of, you know, the online customer experience, mm -hmm. right, I probably do compare a lot of my purchases to the online customer experience I have within yeah. the airlines. I mean, I've gotten to the point now where I would rather not even interact with someone from the airlines. I'd rather just do it online because exactly. it's so frictionless. It's so yes. easy. Like and transparent. It's transparent. You know, it's like I, I, I ask a question within their chat and normally I hate hitting on chats yeah, because yeah. I feel like no one's ever going to have an answer. And it's like, just do this and this. I was like, the, yeah. You had an answer. I had a question. You had an answer. Exactly. Like it's, but but I think that's you know what our industry is now pushing towards now is just this better online experience. We've had this this snowball effect, this snowball that's just kind of grown to better the online experience. I'd love to kind of get your take on how you think that online experience has transitioned in the last couple months or like the last last couple of years, and how yeah. do you think it's going to continue to move forward over the next few years. Yeah, yeah, great question. Well, first of all, the online experience is all started with Amazon, as we all know. Mm -hmm. uh, but the airlines and Amazon and you know Walmart and uh, you know Target and all these different companies—they're all doing great uh, online experiences for all of us. And we and, and also all our local banks. I mean, if you think about Wells Fargo or or uh, where you live, is, you know, yes. uh, TV and yep. stuff. What'd you say? Oh, well, you agree with you? Yeah, TD, the banks oh, have really agree with me. I don't know what yeah. you're saying. So, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, TD and RBC and stuff up in Canada. I mean, you think about the experiences that they're all giving us today. I mean, today mm -hmm. you can log on to any website, any app, uh, and be able to almost get what you possibly need and what you just talked about through chat and all the AI. I mean, AI is definitely a big piece of the puzzle that we're going to be seeing in automotive. Um, but let me talk to you about digital retailing that you asked me the question. on. I think digital retailing has a lot to, to improve. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the things that uh, digital retailing has is, is it's not 100% frictionless and it's not 100% transparent. I think in the auto industry, depending on the digital retailing platform you have, some are great sure. and some are not so great. Um, but reality is, is um, they need to make sure that they offer a transparent and frictionless payment because everything starts with the, the VIN number. Uh, and without the VIN number being 100% accurate uh, on the website and, and without the, the lease or finance payment and having all the right rebates and subvented rates and all the uh, conditional stackable rebates, everything coming through through multiple lenders and captives uh, and be able to offer alternatives uh, through a digital retailing platform, I think the 
digital retailing platform needs some improvement. And this is what we have done here at OfferLogix is that we just partnered with Equifax to now offer, we, we, we call it a penny perfect payments, which we still call it penny perfect payments. Uh, and they are alive and well, but now we call it credit perfect payments. So now we're able to take the FICO scores in the US as well as in Canada and be able to give the exact transactional payment for that particular uh, consumer and take the waterfall effect all the way down to buying accessories, um, you know, buying from acquisition fees, loan to values, money caps, whatever it is. So now the consumer, just like going on to Amazon, when they finally get to that checkout stage, they can now off now that digital retailing solution can now offer that consumer a complete transactional payment and they can walk in and now have that online experience now be in, in showroom experience completely mirrored with each other. So that way there is no friction at the dealership whatsoever. Cause what you're seeing now yeah. going on is some of these digital retailing platforms, a customer then comes into the, into the showroom and it's not mirrored. Like, Oh, what VIN number were you on? What stock number? Oh yeah, no, that payment was wrong, whatever it is. And they don't have everything completely mirrored online to in-store uh, from F&I uh, products to accessories to gap insurance or whatever it is. Uh, and now you're going to see it completely um, come all the way through. And, and, and I think that's what's needed, right? Like yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's what's needed here. Mm -hmm. I, when I think about that and, and, and I want you to continue to finish your thought, but I just wanted yeah. to kind of jump in there real quick because, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, well, not all customers want to do it that way. See, and I actually kind of disagree. It's the reason they don't want to do it that way because for years, for years, for over 10 years, you had the OEM website saying one thing. And then the price. dealership yep. website saying yep. something entirely different. For, so for 10 years, a decade, all right, there has been just this the lack of transparency or even lack of trust because you had, you had the manufacturer literally saying one thing. You had a dealer saying an entirely different thing. No wonder people didn't want to transact that way. I think as we evolve and people get to the point where they can trust Penny Perfect yep. or Finance Perfect. I love, by the way, you say that, boy. Credit Penny, Perfect. Penny. Payments. Penny perfect payments and credit perfect payments. <laughs> See, I love that. I love that because yeah. my trust level goes up. So I just want to jump up, but go ahead and continue with your thought. Continue yeah, with yeah. Your so, thought. so let me walk you through that. So I think what you're going to see, I mean, you asked me the question, so what are you going to see, right? Yep. I actually think that you're going to see more OEMs endorsing some digital retailing platforms yes. and you're going to start, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Um, I'm not really, you know, like sure exactly how it's going to come out to play, but the McDonald concept, right? The subway concept. Um, you know, if you think about McDonald's, every McDonald's is basically ran the same exact way. All the Chick-fil-A's are all ran the same way. All the subways are all ran the same way. So reality is there's they, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, and let's just say subway, they're all franchise owners, just like we are, we have here in the United States as well as in Canada. Um, you're actually going to say, okay, well, just to, you have the OEM website, you might have a tier two website, and then you might have a tier three website, which is the dealership's website. Everything there needs to marry, marry, marry each other. So 100%. no matter what they go to, everything is completely consistent and it's completely, you know, um, transparent for that particular consumer where they were able to walk into that dealership and be able to buy a car. Now the dealerships are going to have, I think a dealer choice where they can choose which dealer 
digital retailing platform they want to get on. Um, but reality is it's going to fall all the way down from tier one, tier two to tier three, all the way through the solution itself. You know what? I actually just recently experienced this. So, you know, Hyundai here in Canada has mandated a specific digital retailing tool. All right. It's the exact same tool that's on their OEM website uh, versus what's on their dealer websites. So, you know, we're uh, shopping for a new family car. Mm -hmm. um, currently, right now, I'm driving a 2017 Nissan Armada, which mm -hmm. if you've ever driven an Armada, you pretty much know where all the gas stations in town mm -hmm. are. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know that one, but okay. it's, okay. it's, it's a brick on wheels. That's pretty much what it is, um, okay. right? So, so, so we're like, okay, so me and my wife are talking. We, we need something a little more fuel efficient. And I said, yeah, sure. Look, here are, Especially you know, Canada. Because, you know, oh, what's the, dude, what's the we're, we're, we're like right six, six. Six fifty, six sixty. No, a gallon it's two dollars right a liter. It's two dollars a liter, right? Yeah, now yeah. So I, I'm doing the kind of the calculation for $8. you. I think it's eight dollars a gallon. Well, and then if you $8 convert, again. then you convert yeah, it back to USD. You, yeah, we're right around. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We pay about eight dollars Canadian a gallon, and so which comes out to about six six sixty uh, a gallon currently right now. So I was like, okay, we need something a little more fuel efficient. And she's like, but we still want three rows and we don't want a minivan. We need an SUV. And I said, okay, well, here are the three or four SUVs I would recommend. You tell me which one you like and we'll take it from there. Right. And she comes back to me with a, a Hyundai Palisade. Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Nice. You yeah. know, that's nice. V6. Right. And she, and she goes, yeah, I actually just, I want this model, this color, you know, this, these seats, mm -hmm. these everything. Right. I said, okay, cool. She sent me, you know, a thing that she did online on the yeah. on the on the OEM website. Yeah, I was like, price. okay. I was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She built she built it up. So I I reached out to you know a good Hyundai dealer. I'm sure I know a lot of Hyundai dealers, right? So I'm like, I just asked him. I said, hey, look, uh, wife's looking for this, 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 these features, this color, these seat configurations, and sure enough, he hits me back with the exact same payment, the exact same payment as what my wife created. I was like, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. What? Like that's yeah. the right price? She, he's I like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I said, okay, cool. What do you need? I need a thousand dollar deposit. Okay, done. Like it was just yeah. that simple. I just did the whole transaction just over the phone. And I think the reason the reason I felt comfortable giving that thousand dollar deposit and just going ahead and doing it was because whatever she printed off online and she was comfortable with what it cost was mm -hmm. exactly what the dealership was quoting me. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, I've never had that happen. It's a McDonald concept. That's right. what I'm going to call it. So yeah. let's go let's go down the rabbit hole of transparency because I think that's yeah. ultimately what this created, right? But yeah. I think we use that word in, in our industry a lot. It's kind of a buzzword, like oh, yeah. transparency, you yeah. know. But I think when we move towards transparency, we get trust. That's the byproduct yeah. of transparency. Yeah. But I don't right. think a lot of dealers necessarily understand how they create transparency. They think it's something that just happens, but it's something we actually intentionally have to create. What how do you think we intentionally create transparency? Well, that's a great question. I, you know, I actually think it starts from the top. Uh, you know, every dealership is ran uniquely, uh, and a lot of dealerships are, are not embracing the uh, the new wave. I guess when I say new wave, is the transparent or frictionless consumer experience, which I call the ultimate consumer experience. And I actually stole that from BMW. They call it nice. the ultimate driving machine, but I call it the ultimate customer experience. Love it. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, consumers matter. I mean, in today's world. Uh, cars are being delivered to people's homes, offices, or wherever, uh, or all the way across multiple states. Uh, so customers are consumers are not loyal to a, a particular dealership uh, locally. Uh, they're only loyal to, at the end of the day, the price and the monthly payment. Now, with that said, they are loyal 
to customers, I mean, to dealership service departments. So if they want to make sure that they can sell every car within their, you know, ASA or PMA or whatever acronym they want to use for that particular <laughs> OEM, um, they need to make sure that uh, they have a completely frictionless and transparent process, not only online, but also in the dealership. Uh, and it starts at the top. The dealer principal and the general manager need to make sure that they educate their sales staff, their, their managers and so forth, as well as in the service department that everything is completely uh, done and, and completely upfront versus trying to hide things like they used to do. I think those days are long gone. Uh, and uh, we need to make sure that it's 100%, um, you know, used the word 100 times today, transparent and frictionless at the same time. Well, but and no, give, look, you're right. All from your customer experience. Look, I, I, I have a tendency of finding that not not everybody within our industry, because uh, I think there's some very progressive dealerships out there that have embraced that uh, transparency is, is more of a cultural thing than anything. It, it, you have to get it all the way down to your, to your culture, where it's like someone has a question, you have an answer, and you give a direct answer, not a, a runaround answer. But to your point, you're 100% right. It's got to start from the top, the top down, right? right? right. Like it, this... Transparency is not a marketing campaign. Let's just say that. It's not it's not something we can just go out there and say, We're the most we're the number one transparent dealership in the Tri-City area. Yeah, Come down today. You, like, yeah. you can't it, it, it's not something you say as much as something that you do. Exactly. You know, and it, it, look, I mean, look, we all know what we do. We sell cars and service them, right? We, we, we all know how we do it. Like that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But why we do it the way we do it, now that becomes kind of a cultural play. And, you know, if transparency is, let's call it a pillar within my business, then I have to, I have to develop, train and coach on how to be transparent. That's it's right. not something that just happens one day. It's That's something right. that I have to build into. Now, there are, look, look, there's, our industry is built of people, processes and technologies. Yeah. Now, we've talked about a technology that can help us be transparent. But if we don't have people and process in place to yeah. ensure that we're being transparent with the technology that we're using. Yeah. It's never going to happen, which is kind of going into our next topic because I'm talking about process, about consistency. All right, look, it's, it's great when we step up to the plate and we, and, we, and we hit a home run, right? It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing. And, it's, and we all know what a home run yeah. deal feels sure, like, sure. right? Like gonna, everything yeah. falls into place and this is beautiful, but consistency, how do yeah. we do it? What, were your, what yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah, well, consistency, you know, it all, it all depends on, you know, <laughs> The dealership number one first of all i think uh you know moving forward uh you know with all these different or you know so once let me step back a second so sure. one thing i offer logics is we're in a very unique position and we're very switzerland so we see a lot of solutions out there across mm -hmm. the across the united states as well as in canada uh and one of the things that i always ask the ceos and the ctos of these major companies as well as small companies is what kind of open APIs do you have today uh, to become more consistent? So are you building a widget? Are you building things independently? Um, you know, so how, how do you make sure that we have a consistent medium of messaging across all the different um, mediums of advertising? I mean, mm. today's the advertising mediums, you know, from email to mail, to digital, to digital retailing, to TV, to OTT, to CTV, you know, you name it, there's always something out there, you know, but how about social media? I mean, how do you get it across all the platforms on TikToks, you know, Facebook, you know, Snapchat, you know, Pinterest, whatever it is. Yep. 
um, across the board. And you don't know where anyone's going to be entering the, the process of buying a car or servicing a vehicle. So everything needs to be consistent, not only what you're doing, but you need to figure out how to make it consistent. And you have to partner with the right company to make sure that's correct, the correct, consistent uh, marketing. I think you're right. Partnering with the right company is a big one. Yes. You know, because like we're, we're both in the vendor space and, yeah. you know, I would love to say to the entire industry that all vendors are created equal, but it ain't true. Yeah. Um, it's just not. Well, I, I, I'm not allowed to say that. So, so, <laughs> okay, well, so, I, so I get to say it. I, I'm, I'm very Switzerland. That's right. So, you yes. can be Switzerland. So I, I don't have to be. I'll be the U.S. Um, no, like I'll start naming people off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but no, there, there are some there are some vendors that do really, you know, um, put a lot of focus towards how transparent and consistent they are as a company. So therefore the product is built that way. You know, I still find a lot of products in the industry, I'll call them gated products, you know, where there's a gate, you yeah. know, it's like, well, you know, for a consumer to get this, uh, you have to do that. You have to, you have to fill out a form, first name, last name, whatever it is. God, I could get on a soapbox when it comes to forms. I've said it a million times. You know, it's first name, last name, you know, email address, phone number, shoe size, blood type, firstborn, just for the opportunity to get a response back saying, thank you for your time. I don't appreciate your time, but I'll get back to you when I when it's good for me, right? Like, it's the worst thing in the world. Exactly. You know, but 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 to your point, like, as I, I love this, actually, because I, 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 I love finding rabbit holes and we're going down a rabbit hole, which I love, yeah, right, sure. now, right? Because, you know, if my dealership goal is to be consistent and transparent, then I think the vendors I work with need to have that same goal in mind, you know? So I can't say I want to be consistent and transparent. And then I go bring on, I don't know, a, a widget yeah, company. XYZ company. Yeah, XYZ company that that is not consistent and transparent. They gate, you know, the question. It's like, you, got, yeah. you have a question? Cool. We need you to answer ours before we can answer yours. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they all try to get their real estate, right? Everyone's trying to get real estate on the on the dealership's website, uh, you know, especially online. Uh, but the problem is, online is not always where it is. You know, back in the old days, Jason, I mean, I'm sure you you looked at a newspaper ad back in the day, and when someone carried a newspaper ad, they used to keep it in the car, you know, and uh, they never told us that they were looking at the newspaper. But then when we appraised that car uh, to get the information, we knew that they had a newspaper ad from our dealership or the local Chevrolet dealership down the street. And we call those stealth buyers. So reality is there's more stealth buyers really today in today's marketplace. And what they're trying to do is not make them as stealth. But the other issue is, like you said, the gatekeepers, they fill out that information. They come in and see Jason Harris. Jason Harris doesn't even know that they filled out a form. The internet department, you know, and two doors down from Jason's office, it has that information and they don't really talk to each other. Yep. So now it becomes, you know, has a lot of friction. Hey, I was already online. I already talked to Aaron in your internet department or they don't say it. They act like they're a stealth buyer because they maybe get a better price from Jason Harris. Isn't that but the worst feeling ever? At the end of, at the, end of the day, um, we got to make sure that it's a complete one-step process. But I'm going to say this on this on this on this podcast, and I've never said it really on any podcast or any CBT news or whatever. But Open API is is here. Mm -hmm. uh, all these vendors, if they want to, they all need to work together, uh, and um, they need to have an Open API. Uh, and once the Open API comes together, you know this ADF XML leads. That's great. That's yes. wonderful. It needs to be rewritten. I get it. 100%. But really, but open API is what needs to happen in our industry. Uh, and once it gets to an open API, I think the frictionless and transparent process will actually improve. 
Well, yeah, I think that's a great point, right? Like, how can we as, as as a dealership provide a frictionless experience if within our own technology or processes, we're, there is a lot of friction that exists in, in the first place, right? You know, I see, sure. like, look, I, I know people give me a hard time because they say I, 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 I like to shit on dealers. I don't shit on dealers. I got a little tough love. Yeah. Right, because I was a dealer. It's just, it's just, it's just a little tough love, you know. Look, there, there are some amazing operators out there, you know. Like I was just talking a few weeks ago, Brian Kramer, right? Like, just what an amazing operator. Well, he he just moved. Now, now, now he's over at Cars doing uh, EVP of uh, Accutrade, I think. Exactly, you know, and and Benstock, Brian Benstock, another like, I mean, dude, like the guy lives and breathes transparency, consistency, and frictionless. Like, I swear, he probably has it tattooed somewhere on his body. I don't know, probably not, but. Um, but but there are some great operators that out there that are doing it and the, and they're and they're making money. There's just in for such a long time, there seems to be this this mentality of like, no, I, I need to hold back. I'm not going to be completely transparent. Um, I I need to provide a little bit of friction because I need to get I need to get something from them before they get something to me. And yeah. this has been the method of selling cars for a long time, but it's not the case. And I love the fact you bring up open APIs because that's just one more step of us being frictionless is that we have to be completely open with each other in the way that we transfer data back and forth because of processes and our technologies. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, but, uh, you know, being frictionless like Brian Benstock and consistent marketing and Brian Kramer when he was over at Jermaine Toyota, but there's lots of great operators out there that are yes. trying to bring it all together. Uh, and be able to understand the dealer, the consumer is the most important piece of the puzzle. It's not about us and it's not about the dealership, but at the end of the day, it's about the consumer. Because if you don't take care of the consumers, the consumer is definitely not gonna take care of you. Uh, let me repeat that. If you don't take yes. care of the consumer, the consumer will not take care of you. What I mean by you is the dealership or, or, or the OEM or whatever it is. Uh, so we got to make sure we take care of the consumer. And that's where I always say the ultimate customer experience always comes into play. No, look, and I, look, I know we're getting towards a telenetwork conversation, and I think that's an amazing place to kind of, you know, to bullet point to kind of stop there is because, look, ultimately, if if you are going to make a commitment to being transparent, consistent, and frictionless with the intent of creating a better customer experience, you do it for the customer. You don't do it for yourself, all right? But the more you do it for the customer, the more profitable you become. That's just true. We've seen that in every vertical out there. You mentioned Amazon earlier. Amazon's a perfect example of that. Exactly. Do it for the customer. Next day shipping? Come on. Can you just yeah. imagine how what how what kind of a craziness that was when they're like, no, guys, we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. Like, it's going to yeah. happen, right? We're going to do it for the customer. And they became, Now they oh, deliver in an hour or something. That's true you in some cases. I think I have drones going to fly over my house here pretty yeah, soon. But right? I, do, you know, I know you say you live in Canada, but I don't know about discount tire. So, you know, oh, discount yeah. tire, you know, I don't know what where their process is online so i've been trying to figure that one out or swiss chalet so you know you gotta you know do they deliver to everyone's home and make sure that you know they get the rotisserie chicken and their fries and the swiss chalet sauce but the uh but no i'm already messing around but the uh but no but you're right amazon changed us uh for life uh and everyone's been catching up and they've been trying to figure it out i mean i would say the majority i'm not gonna say everybody but majority of us have all purchased something from amazon uh and um but uh you know target walmart uh, and definitely in the United States. Uh, and I'm sure since you live in Canada, you've, you've been to Discount Tire too as well. Of course, look, every business that has done this has been very profitable and grown 
because of it, right? Hey, Aaron, I know we're at the tail end of our conversation today. I really appreciate you taking the time to jam with me. This has been a lot of fun. But before I let you go, for everybody that's watching and listening right now who would love to connect with you, learn a little bit more about yourself or follow along with your journey, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, the best way is on LinkedIn, of course. Uh, I would say uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Aaron Bickhart. Uh, at, at LinkedIn, uh, or you can just email me if you wish at a Bickart, which you, you're gonna have to get a pen out, but it's spelled B is in boy, I C K A R T at offerlogics.com. Awesome. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.